Hello, hello, Kristen here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the podcast name change. If you hear any old terminology, that's why. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Notable Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Downs, and I am so excited for today's guest, Melissa Mendez. Melissa works in the fashion industry in New York City. It's a super, super cool career, in my opinion, and I love talking to her about her work, so I hope you enjoy this episode. I also just wanted to note that Melissa is a new mom, and you can hear her tiny human at some points in the episode. And uh, being a mom myself, it's hard, right? The balanced schedule. So give us a little grace when you can hear uh, her her little love. Okay, enjoy the interview. And I'll be back at the end of the episode to fill in any gaps. Welcome to the Notable Woman Podcast. Today's interview guest is a design boss. Her medium is apparel, and she's worked for amazing companies like Talbot's, Macy's, and Ellen Tracy, just to name a few. She's a graduate of Parson School for Design and is a Jacob Lawrence Scholar, also a fellow New Yorker. What, what? Please join me in welcoming Melissa Mendez. Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That's a great introduction. Ah, thank you. Thank you. It's always fun to have a fellow New Yorker as well as a fellow podcaster on. So thank you again. I'm really yes. excited. So tell us a little bit about you. What do you love and what makes you tick? Oh, what do I love and what makes me tick? What do I love? I love all things creative. I love art. I love um, creativity. What makes me tick? Stinky subway trains. What? Um, what? Rude, <laughs> rude individuals. Um, and uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, just like overall just overall, um, you know, not being thoughtful, but yeah, other than that, I'm pretty straightforward and I'm a New Yorker and I'm a New Yorker through and through. So I have a pretty tough skin. It takes a lot to get under that skin. <laughs> you are a, an impressive bunch. I'm a, certainly a transplant, not as a, uh, not as thick skin. I'm a little like, <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> Uh, but definitely yeah. being pregnant and having to take the New York City subway was epic. You know, you have that super schnoz thing going on where you're like, I can smell everything that's mm -hmm. happening on this train. And I mm -hmm. can't believe the things that are happening on this train smell wise. So I agree. Right. In yeah. That. And, yeah. I, and I guess I should leave it there. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about how did you first become a designer? You know, how did you know that you were creative? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I actually have always been creative. I remember being a young girl and um, drawing in, you know, a little coloring book, um, cutting up pantyhose to make little dresses for my Barbie dolls, um, and just really having a passion for anything with color and art and things like that. So I feel like it started at a very, very young age. Um, fashion uh, came, uh, I guess I want to say when I was in junior high school, we took a field trip to the high school fashion industries, high school um, in Manhattan. I think it's on 24th Street, I want to say. And we were super late 
we, we ended up taking like a detour into Queens. And, um, so we caught like the tail end of their annual fashion show. And as soon as I like went to the high school and saw the show, even though it was like the last few minutes, I knew that I had to go to that high school. So I think that was the kind of, um, tipping point for me in knowing that I wanted to, um, focus on apparel. So take us on that journey. You went to that amazing high school where you concentrate on fashion and then your college experience. I'd love to hear about how all that went down because not everybody does that creative high school and college experience. Right. So with high school, um, it's, it's basically four years of very concentrated, uh, apparel study from designing, sewing, um, you know, runway. I mean, it's just very intense, um, in apparel education. I think, let me see, when I was graduating high school, I got the opportunity to go to Parsons and study fine arts. So when I went there, I was simultaneously studying fashion and fine arts, um, which really, I guess, fine tuned my craft, my, my discipline in the arts. It also let me know that I wanted to, it solidified in my mind that I wanted to go into apparel. Um, I know some people go to Parsons, some people go to FIT. Um, and after studying in Parsons, even though I loved it, and I, I think I, I got a scholarship to Parsons as well, um, but I decided to go to um, FIT um, to kind of, you know, take my fashion to the next level, um, you know, meet some industry experts and really kind of craft my, my, um, you know, my focus in, in, in apparel as my choice of, of art form, really. I'm so like little heart eyes about all of that. I love, <laughs> <Heart eyes. laughs> yeah, love fashion, love apparel. I think that's so cool. Now Thank tell you. us a little bit about going to work in corporate and then going out to work on your own. I'd love to hear about that. After I graduated from from FIT, I went straight into corporate fashion. Like I don't even think I took like three months off. I um, I got a job about a month before graduating college, and I just went straight for for corporate. If anyone out there listening, uh, if anyone knows the corporate apparel world, it is extremely fast paced. Um, it's very draining, uh, time consuming. And I got burnt out, you know, relatively quickly. Um, I think I was about 25 or so and thought I was like having a heart attack. It ended up being, you know, a very, uh, extreme case of like a anxiety attack. Um, the stress level was just super, super, super high. Um, and I also knew at one point I wanted to start a family and, um, you know, with the commutes and things like that, it just wasn't really conducive of the kind of lifestyle that I wanted. So at about year 10, 10 and a half of working in the industry, um, as a designer, technical designer, production manager, I decided to leave and figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Um, so like most of us do <laughs> when we want to kind of find ourselves, we, uh, take courses in something. Um, so I actually went back to FIT and took a course in textile designing. You know, I, I had, a, I have a background in, 
uh, design and fine arts. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to fine tune it and stay on top of things, make sure I was still relevant in that world. And, and also kind of figure out what my next direction was going to be. Um, so in the meantime, as I was taking the uh, continuing ed course, I was also supplementing my income as a freelancer. Um, you know, New York is very expensive and I would definitely encourage people to follow, follow their dreams and to, um, you know, just go for what their passion is. But, you know, leaving a job, especially a full-time job uh, with full-time income and benefits, it's very difficult to, to um, do that if you don't have something on the side. So I did the freelance and then, you know, did my class. And before I could, and before I could even, uh, the class even ended, I was contacted by a woman starting an apparel company. And I was just like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> she's like, hey, I saw your your um, your information. I think it was LinkedIn and I loved it. You're so talented. Um, would you mind coming on board to consult with my startup apparel company? And I was like, sure, why not? So um, within about a couple of weeks, I ended up, you know, meeting with her, signing a contract. We worked out a few things and I ended up working with her and her startup apparel company that is awesome. But that's, that's really cool. I love that. And I think it's also really interesting to see when people do start working out on their own, how, how the earning potential increases when it's not being decided by someone else how much you earn. So that's cool that that was your experience. So now what kind of work do you do right now in your design studio? Funny thing, I do a lot of the work that I was doing in corporate. <laughs> which is, um, I laugh because, you know, I thought I was going to completely get out of fashion and I wasn't going to be doing what I have been doing for 10 years, which is technical design, design and production. And now I just get to do it, um, in, in a way that I'm comfortable with in a way that I feel valued and in a way that I can contribute directly to uh, a company's growth. So, um, if you, for instance, I know the design industry is very specific. So if, if someone is starting a clothing line and they need tech packs to send to their uh, factories, I create those tech packs. So uh, tech packs is basically breaking down uh, the garment um, from, you know, how to make the garment, um, how much does, uh, how large are each spec if we have a size medium, large, small, if there's any artwork involved, uh, trims, buttons, zippers. So I basically handle the details of all of that. If there's any artwork involved in, you know, on a specific garment, I include those details in the tech pack, how many um, artworks are on that garment, where they're placed, what their size is. I also include detailed measurements, how big, how small it is, things like that. Um, I also design surface design or prints for apparel companies as well. Um, so if you have a blouse that you love and you see those beautiful flowers or polka dots or really any kind of pattern design, that's what a technical or a textile designer does. 
So I also offer those services to apparel companies as well. I'm just crushing so hard on this. This is so fun. I love everything that you do. That must be just such a fun job. And so you, your design studio is at home. You just like walk out three steps to your office area and you're done? <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Um, so I have a small design studio space uh, within my apartment and, and it's really <laughs> a few steps away. But it's really amazing because, you know, I mentioned earlier with the commute when I was working in the city, um, I think it was about three hours um, total. So me not having to commute each day really gives me a lot more time to focus on my client, focus on the work that I'm putting out there, give as much detail and, and, and attention to it as possible, and really kind of rejuvenate myself you know, with less stress and, um, and that sort of thing that really kind of feeds creativity. I do, however, meet with certain clients, uh, about once a week or maybe once every two weeks in the city. Um, and I try to kind of, you know, have like maybe two or three client meetings to kind of like knock them out, you know, so I'm like not going into the city three or four times a week. But on the whole, I would rather do that than to, you know, go in or drive into the city five days a week. So it's, it's very flexible. And I love working remotely from home. I would never want to drive in the city, just so we're clear. Ever. Ever. No. <laughs> uh, it's hard You've enough. You've never to... driven in the city? I have not ever driven in the city. Not once. Not. My husband, uh, he's driven trucks in the city, which I just am always so... Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say impressed, but also sort of, you know, are you crazy? Why would you do that? Right. But yeah, yeah. He's he did he's worked Fashion Week quite a bit as a mm -hmm. you know for the production companies, the installs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And right. uh, yeah, that's not my thing. I think uh, yeah, I like to sit on a train and we're stuck underground and I can read my book and that's fine. I mm -hmm. prefer not to be stuck underground, but <laughs> I certainly do not want to yep. be stuck in a tunnel, you know, driving. Ugh. Not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. I actually I actually do drive into the city. I park in a garage <laughs> or I find parking on the street. How in the world do you find street parking in New York City? But, you know, I know my my areas where I usually find parking. I just kind of go to those areas, my go-to streets. Um another thing I wanted to mention I used to love reading on the subway. And now that I'm driving, I don't get a chance to do that. So, you know, I listen to my podcasts and, and things like that, or maybe like an audio book to, you know, kind of get that that word in. Yeah, I do enjoy that because, uh, you know, I, I still I do work in the city and commute in. And it is very nice to be able to just sit and read a book. It is almost... No, it definitely is. It's the only time I get to read a book. So I enjoy it. But I do also listen to podcasts, too. It's uh, just kind of my time to do what I want, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm so jelly. So <laughs> jelly. I don't have that, you know, anymore. Um, like, I, I walk. I try to walk as much as possible because, like, I don't want a car, but <laughs> I don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. like, when you're in the city... You like walk all the time. And I grew up in the city. I grew up in the Bronx. I lived in Harlem for like 10, 11 years. 
and then moved um, to Westchester, which is, you know, where I'm at in Westchester is maybe 20 minutes from the city. It's not that far. But I feel like I'm driving all the time. So, yeah, I got to get out and walk and, you know, take take the baby on a little hike. <laughs> Doubles as my exercise. I totally understand. And, uh, you know, I live in a fourth floor walk up, too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly do have a, uh, we'll say, larger booty. But it is... It is a walking butt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Walking yeah. stairs, yeah. walking stairs. That's what this butt does. Yeah. yeah. Now, Not bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, I also know that you have a podcast. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. How'd you get started and what kind of stuff do you talk about? I feel like I wanted a podcast for the past four years, I want to say. I... I love online entrepreneurs and I was that woman in my cubicle listening to podcasts, cursing the screen at my full-time job in, in corporate fashion. I was just like, I hate it here. Um, this is not like, it's not resonating with my spirit. And I know that I know that I feel like I have a call for something else and So at that point, the seed was sown for me to kind of, you know, start doing more research on podcasts, how to create one, so forth and so on. And um, about six months ago, I started uh, my podcast, which is Women Crafting Success. And um, it's a a podcast for female entrepreneurs, um, primarily creatives where they can just go and learn business tips, um, you know, how to monetize their website, how to hire a bookkeeper, how to get more clients, how to close a deal. This month, um, I'm not sure when this episode is going to air for our podcast, but uh, in March for Women Crafting Success, I have a special edition and it's called March Makers. Um, and it's all creatives all March long. So I have a whole bunch of creators and designers on speaking about their journey really um, as artists. I really like to mix the creative aspect with the business aspect because I really believe that we need both to have a business um, that is successful. And pretty much my guidelines for you know choosing people to come on the podcast they have all been women. They all have their own business. Uh, most of them have been in business for many years, 20 years, 10 years, some five years. I kind of mix it up, but I think it's really cool to get a different perspective because, you know, people are crushing it at 20 years and, and also five years. So it's like, it's very encouraging. People know you know, people who are listening, they see that no matter where you are in your business, you can make your dreams come true. That is fabulous. I'll definitely link to your podcast. Well, lovely Melissa, I love to ask a woman of note the following questions. This is my final round. And my first question is, what is the biggest assumption that people make about you? That's a loaded question. (laughs) I know it's sneaky, right? It's my favorite. I love it. I, I love it. And I feel like you and I have this like super amazing connection because we're New Yorkers and we tell it like it is. And to that point, I think one of the misconceptions that people have about me is that, let me see, what, what have I heard? This is really loaded. I don't even know. 
I I have an assumption I've made about you. Um, are you okay. really tall? Because I feel like you're really tall. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh my god! Actually, actually, I am very tall. I don't think that I'm tall, but a lot of people say that I'm tall for a woman. I'm about five nine, and I always wear heels. And I'm not talking about kitten heels. I'm talking about stilettos. So that puts me at a towering five eleven ish, six feet, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty tall. And uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people assume that I always wear makeup. <laughs> a lot of people think that I always wear red lip. I dress up a lot. And I would say that that's not completely true. Because, you know, I kind of get myself ready for like going live on Facebook. I put, you know, makeup on or if I have a meeting or something like that, I'll put makeup on and look some semi presentable. Um, I am a new mom. So I went through this phase of like not wearing any type of makeup, you know, rolling out of the bed with gym clothes on type thing. Any moms out there listening know (laughs) how that goes. But yeah, I do not always wear makeup. And when I do wear makeup, I don't always wear a red lip. I do change the colors. So you might see hot pink. You might see purple. You might see red. You might see no color at all. Fancy lady. (laughs) You're definitely racking out uh, new momness way more than I uh, I was a little bit more in the, do I have carrot in my hair? Oh, God, I do. I do. (laughs) Yes, I was. It was sometime. It wasn't this week. It was last week when I was leaving mm-hmm. the house. I had on a dress and and black leggings, and my son kind of like mm-hmm. grabbed me in the inner thigh area with yogurt hands, and I was like, "Thank you, mm-hmm. son. Thank you. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I want is yogurt hands on my right. inner thigh." Right. <laughs> so, uh, but very yeah, very impressive, there. and I think that it's always interesting to hear what people say about this question. It is loaded, but I love it. It's my favorite. How can people get in touch with you if they want to connect? Uh, one way that people can get in touch with me is by going to my design studio website, which is melissamendezdesignstudio.com and clicking on the contact page or contact tab, which is going to pull up a page where they can send me um, a direct message, which is going to drop in my email. And um, if someone is interested and any design services or coaching, that's the best way to uh, reach me. And then for my podcast, Women Crafting Success, they can head on over to womencraftingsuccess.com. And um, on the Facebook link, which could put them in direct contact with me via the Facebook group or ask me a question. There's like a cute little um, button that I have there, which is like, ask me anything. <laughs> and um people they love it they you know send me a, a little message asking me for for business advice business tips um and also you know letting me know what they would like to hear on my podcast episodes awesome i'll make sure i link to all of that and Melissa, i just want to say thank you so much i really appreciate you joining us and please thank joshy for me i will <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> I appreciate it. And there you have it. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Notable Woman Podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.